Welcome to our podcast, The Third Option. In a binary world that's caught up in right versus wrong, left versus right, and good versus evil, we see the love of God as a third option. I'm Rick Manis. And I'm Judy Manis. Join us here every week for conversations about the magnificent love of God that we believe can and will change this world. Enjoy! Okay, on this episode, we're starting a four-part podcast series called What is the Gospel? What is the Gospel? We we recently had a woman who... um, asked us that question <laughs> on our newsletter we um we send out she uh responded to it by asking and just saying you know i'm hearing a lot of different perspectives on the gospel than what i learned growing up which is you have to say a prayer and if you don't say it then you're going to burn forever in hell and she really wants her her loved ones to be saved but she doesn't feel comfortable sharing uh, the good news because it, it, it just feels funny. Anyway, she was just asking, can you just tell us, tell me what exactly is the good news or the gospel, which means good news. It means good news. And she was asking that because she had recently come on to our, our teachings and it was, um, according to her, it was something that she had never seen or she, or, or she had ever heard before. And she really enjoyed it, but it was so contrary to things that she had had heard before. She she was like, "What really is the gospel?" And uh, so today we want to talk about um, what is so good about this good news, because gospel means good news. And uh, maybe sometimes people are confused or foggy about what the gospel is because it's not just really defined well. So let's try to define that. I think sometimes people think the gospel includes the whole Bible from front to the end, but it doesn't. The good news is Jesus. It all revolves around Jesus because he revealed the first part of the good news, that God is good, that your father loves you, that God so loved the world before he loved he gave, and that reveals the heart of the Father. Mm-hmm. So it revolves around Jesus. Now, now the Old Testament will it leads up towards that work of Jesus, but with Jesus is really the declaration of the goodness and the love of the Father. Because Everything that Jesus said and did shows that. Because God was in Jesus reconciling the world to himself. So even in the act of God giving his son or actually coming into the world through the son is a picture of a God that wants to be close to us, that wants to have a a relationship, an intimacy with us, who, you know, cares about us and wants good for us. So through Jesus, we see the heart of the father. Yeah. And, And in fact, he didn't just demand a sacrifice as we see uh, the way it, it goes all the way through the Old Testament, he became the sacrifice. God mm-hmm. was in Christ, and he 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 gave himself, and uh, and and in that he shows us the good news that sin is no longer an issue. He became that last sacrifice for anybody that said no. There has to be sacrifice for sin. He says, "What if I, <laughs> the innocent one, take all? You know, uh, become that sacrifice, the final sacrifice." No more blood of bulls and goats and sheep and and so on. But I end it all here, so you never 
Sin never has to be the issue between you and your father again. Now you can be close to him. Now you can be connected. Now you can be one the way that it always was intended to be. And so Jesus said, repent or change your mind because the good news is here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You now will have access to this wonderful world and presence of God who loves you. And what he did in that was he took care of the shame, mm. the condemnation, the self-loathing uh, that Adam took on when he was in the garden and, and really became more self-focused. Jesus came, or God through Jesus came and and took care of that problem. He He gave us the good news that we don't have to hide. We don't have to be in shame. Yeah. We can be our unique selves and, uh, and be loved and live our lives in a, with a sense of, of peace and all is well. And, and, and there's goodness around us, you know, not, not that there aren't trials and tribulations, but you're coming through them with a sense of, of sturdiness, of wholeness, of, you know, God and, and I are one and we're walking through this kind of the, the, the temporal world, the, the ups and downs of this temporal world. Yeah, we're, we're, we're more aware of the presence of God. The sin and separation issue is settled once and for all. So that sense of separation that man felt from the beginning with Adam and the shame and all that, it no longer has to be there because there's not a sin issue. And that was, that was the biggest thing to me about this goodness, or one of the biggest things, is that Jesus boldly stated through his life teachings and then dying on the cross, he says, look at me. This is a big statement here. This is the last sacrifice. This is the Messiah that would come not to make war against people, that not to, to damn or condemn people or even certain people. He came to... to, to settle that sin and separation issue for every man once and for all so that no matter who you are or what you've done or what you do, it does not matter because what really matters is that God loves you and you're his child. And so that separation issue is settled. That's the good news. See, bad news says that you're separated unless you do this, this, and this. And if, if your you behavior doesn't change, then you're, the result is that you're just going to be tortured forever. Right. And if you do a bad thing, because I've heard this. I've heard this in churches, and we're the ones supposed to be carrying good news. But I heard it in many churches in my younger years, that when you sin, you know, it breaks fellowship with God, and then you have to do a certain thing or certain things in order to restore that fellowship. And, uh, and, and I tried many of those things many, many years. And, I, and because I wasn't aware of the good news, my mind had a sense of separation. And I was always trying to, to connect or reconnect with God in some way. Mm -hmm. And I would try so many different things because, uh, I, like, I kind of like Adam, I had a mentality of shame and separation because of me. Mm -hmm. And it, see, and those things are not the good news because they put the attention on you. The good news puts everything on Jesus. See, and it doesn't make light of sin. It makes a lot of Jesus is what it does. But Jesus really 
made sin a non-issue for us once and for all. So that never has to be a question. We should never have to preach on it or anything else again because Jesus took care of that. That is good news for every person on planet Earth. It's not about your sin or your behavior. Mm-hmm. That's the good news. I think the sin consciousness, the the over-consciousness on our daily sin or missing the mark is such a trap and it is just an an unending hole that you fall into when you just get focused on your behavior and you're Mm -hmm. um, missing the mark uh, every day. I think it's just hard for a carnal mind to let that go and say, I'm going to trust that Jesus did what he said he did. And my, my conscience is cleared. Like my mind is clear. Mm -hmm. And I trust that as I focus and, and, and I'm aware of Jesus and what he's done, those sin things are going to fall off in time. They're just going to fall off when we get all focused on them, it's like we exasperate it and, and, and emphasize it. And then it's just, there's such shame and self-condemnation that goes along with that. The true, true behavioral change happens as we believe the good news. And that's, that's all we were required to do is believe it. See, because it's such an unbelievable thing, said, but just believe this yeah. <laughs> and, and, and believing that. And the reason that behavior is the major thing for religious people and religions of, of, uh, around the world is, like you said, it's a carnal thing. And it, it puts all the responsibility on us because that's what makes sense to us, that we have a responsibility in this. In the Old Testament, there was an agreement made between God and the Jews there through, through um, uh, Abraham, then through Moses, especially with the law. And, and, and the people had a responsibility to keep their side of the street clean, you know, and they weren't doing it. And so that covenant failed, as the New Testament reveals. So God takes us out of the way and our part of it, our responsibility, and he takes it all upon himself. And he says, I'm taking you out of the way uh, I'm taking your responsibility out of the way of this. So, so not only can I bless you, but I, you can live without the shame and separation. And when we can, and putting our trust in, in Jesus or ha- our faith in Him really is believing that, believing that He is enough, that what He did was enough, that His grace is sufficient for me. See, that was a lesson I learned. After 20 years of carrying more of the responsibility of this thing than I should have. And I talk about how I laid on that floor. And that was the day God began to show me as I'm laying there that his grace was sufficient for me. He was not demanding one thing from me. All he wanted to do was be with me and have me enjoy his goodness, his love, and his abundance. And I realized that day, began to realize that day, that I had no lack because I had all of him. And that was when my belief jumped by leaps and bounds. I really gained a a, a new and real faith in Jesus, in the work of Jesus, and in the heartbeat and the love of God. Mm -hmm. And from that day, 
my message changed, began to change to where I started preaching more and more good news. Whereas before I preached a lot of behavior, I preached a lot of responsibility. I preached, um, and, and in that preaching of behavior and responsibility, there's always this underlying message that we're not quite good enough. We're never going to be, we're, we're not quite there. There's always something else. There's always more to do. And that says that we're always coming up short. And that is the opposite of what Jesus came to, 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 to reveal to us and came to do for us. So the good news is we're not coming up short. The good news is that, that, that uh, we're not lacking in anything. The good news is that we are standing on the mountaintop and we didn't have to climb this mountain with our strength and our willpower. We were lifted there by the grace of God. The good news. What's so good about the good news? It's full of grace and it's full of truth. It reveals the heart of a God who is love. That's so good. And God is good. And, and, and so in that message, Jesus said, the kingdom, he told us to preach the good news. He says, go to every creature and preach the good news. Preach the good news of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. He said, this good news of the kingdom must be preached to every creature. So, so with this, we now have this home, we have this access, we have this reality of the kingdom of heaven. What, it, what that is, is living in reality, in the reality of the presence and connection with God, where we live in all of his goodness and we partake of a place in him where, the, where there is love, there's joy, there's peace, there's all the true riches. And that kingdom is here. It's in us, it's around us, it's in our hearts. Mm. And this is what we're partaking of. And what is so good about the good news? It fills you with that kind of joy. Mm -hmm. And it changes your behavior because it fills your heart with love. And as you're starting to live out of that love, what did uh, the Apostle Paul say? Love covers all the law. Because if I love, I'm not going to covet, I'm not going to steal, I'm not mm -hmm. going to murder, or any of those other things. And so that is how the good news is where the real behavior change is. A problem that we run into is that people and even many preachers do not trust the good news. To, to do the work. To do the work of, of making the world a better place by changing the hearts and behavior. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's good, but let's, uh, let's work on this. Let's try, let's, let's, uh, Work, work, I, you know. I tell, I tell a story often. When I was a, a, a young minister just starting out, my pastor was just letting me preach every once in a while in, my, in our church. And I, you know, I had started to notice that even though um, that our church preached a, a rather gracious message, um, I felt like, well, maybe it's a little too gracious because I, could, I knew people in our congregation that really needed to work on themselves more, according to my estimation. And so I thought I would address certain things, not, not, not specifically and personally, but in a general way, I would, I would basically condemn sin, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I preached a message and the pastor pulled me aside during the week and we were, you know, or at least I was visiting and talking with him in his office. And um, he said, he said, Rick, he said, I do know that it's very tempting to trust in the ministry of condemnation more than the good news to change people's hearts and behavior. And, you know, the Bible does talk about, in 2 Corinthians 3, the ministry of condemnation. That's what Moses had. That was the law that, that spoke to men's behaviors. 
But the ministry of life through Christ speaks to God's behavior. Mm-hmm. And God's behavior toward us is love. It's ever merciful, ever forgiving, ever loving. I love that the Bible says, even if we are not, even if we are faithless, he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. In other words, he can't stop being God just because we're a mess <laughs> or we mm-hmm. mess up. Mm-hmm. He stays the same. And when our faith is in him that way, when we're looking at him, then we can be the same with him. Yeah. See, when we look at us, it looks, it, 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 it looks so, things, everything looks so hard. It's overwhelming. Yeah. We, we even wonder, how can God love us? How can God forgive this? When we look at us, we wonder those. But if we just look at him and really look at him, we say, well, of course he would forgive us. Look who he is. Of course he loves us. Of course he's merciful. Of course he'll provide for us. Yes. Of course he'll make a way through this, whatever it is. So the good news, what's so good about the good news? It opens up everything that your heart has desired because everything our hearts desired is in God. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing to fear in God. There's no reason to not want to be near him. There's no reason, uh, there's nothing to separate us Mm -hmm. from his love. Even though we're weak and we're foolish, um, our in, our insufficiency in ourself has nothing to do with our reality with God. For now, we're the children of God, and we see that. Mm-hmm. And another thing that's so good about the good news is is uh, not only does it begin to change our behavior, but it changes how we see things. It changes how we see God. It changes how we see us. Mm-hmm. It changes how we see other people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe Jesus, when he came with this good news, he planted that kingdom Mm -hmm. in the hearts of men, knowing that it would spread like a mustard seed. And he has been sitting at the right hand of the Father, just watching it spread from one heart to the next. And it Mm. will continue to. Yeah, you you touched on this, but I think part of the good news is that it it's, it is within us. It's not out here. It's not something we're trying to get. It's something that's been placed within us and that we have everything we need for life, for godliness within us. Yeah. And it's a matter of just of being still and accessing it. It's a matter of just knowing and trusting and, um, you know, when Jesus, I think you mentioned this earlier, but when Jesus started his public ministry, he said, metanoia, think again, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's, it's right here. It's so close. And, and he, he was differentiating from what had been previously taught or thought that you have these behaviors you have to meet and if you don't meet them that you have to sacrifice something i feel like people today make sacrifices by being mean to themselves if they're doing something let's say wrong they're either condemning someone else for doing that but even in themselves there's just this sort of um self-loathing that they did this thing well that's like sacrificing your 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 goodness like you're it's sacrificing what god has done for you in you that's why humans carry this sense of never quite being enough and so others just walk around with this 
uh, this, this, some would just walk around with this sense that oh, I'm just not as good as others. That others will, will take their energy and just keep working real super hard to try to be good enough. And you can look at that from the outside. They're both suffering from the same thing. Mm-hmm. But they look differently, and one looks like they haven't got it, got it all together. Till you get a little closer and look at them and talk to them and things, and mm-hmm. then you you find out how insecure they are and how 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 inadequate they feel and how they're working so hard. But anyway, man carries that, mm-hmm. and the key is like is what you were just saying about trusting and knowing. See, that's 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 the believing in the good news. Believe this good news that. Not because of us we're good enough, but because of God mm-hmm. we're good enough. Uh, let me say this. Not because of our behavior, excuse me, we're good enough. Because mm-hmm. of God we're good enough. But the reality is who we really are, we are the children of God. And that really in itself makes us good enough. God loves us. See, we know that we're not just these horrible little flesh creatures. Yeah, we make mistakes and 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 and... Uh, and, and we're not sufficient of ourselves. The whole point was us to be connected with God. And the good news allows us to be have that connection in our hearts and our minds so we know it. Mm-hmm. And when we know that, that's called the work of righteousness that brings peace, confidence, and assurance continually. Mm-hmm. And that's something really, really, really good about the good news. It literally takes away our sense of shame our sense of sin and our sense of separation. Mm. It brings us home. That's what's so good about the good news. And all we have to do is the simplicity of of trusting that. When I say all we have to do, in order for us to partake and enjoy it, Mm -hmm. just believe it. Trust that God's that good. Mm -hmm. And that's why we preach nothing but good news. It's not preached too much. It needs to be declared more. It needs to be understood more. And whoever understands it, whoever believes it, mm-hmm. will have peace and joy and love. The fruit of the Spirit will begin abounding in their life. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So the gospel, God is love. There's he, nothing to fear about God. He loves you. Um, and you're loved, he's loved, and you're loved. Yeah. So you're safe, all is well, and you're living forever. Yeah. You have eternal life. That was something that the resurrection and Jesus coming back showed us, that there's more to life than just the here and now. There's, a, there's an eternity that we're a part of right now, mm-hmm. that we're in right now, and that's good. I mean, I think one of the biggest fears they say is the fear of death. That's mm. the fear that, that they had in the old covenant. That's the fear that they brought to Jesus. And he's saying, I am the life. Mm. I am the resurrection and the life. I am that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's life forever. Yeah, and that's another great thing about the good news. What is so good about the good news? I guess we could say everything mm-hmm. is so great about the good news. When you think of um, even in nature, like plants growing, um, the universe expanding, like these sort of things are indications that there's, there's more to come. There's, there's, you know, what seems like a little small acorn right now becomes a great giant oak at one point, you know, because there's this, 
growing, that's happening, that we're a part of and that we can trust and, and relax into. And that's more, that is more of that good news. It's like, like Isaiah 9, 7 says, of the increase of his government or kingdom and of peace, there shall be no end. It only gets better and better. Everything starts becoming good. Mm -hmm. Good news. You start to see good. You start to you start to hear good. You start to speak good. You start to do good. Yeah. It's just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Jesus is really where it's at when it comes to the good news. Well, thanks for listening in to this episode of our podcast. And we want to talk some more about uh, uh, what the gospel is. Uh, in the next few episodes. So we hope that you'll tune in. Tell others about the podcast if you like it. Our podcast is 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 growing just, uh, just uh, little by little, and we're loving to watch this uh, thing build up. So, um, yeah, share it with people. And uh, if you haven't subscribed, uh, please subscribe to our podcast so you can get the notices when a new one comes out. And we hope you have a great day. Hey, if you've enjoyed our podcast today, please subscribe and consider leaving us a review. And if these conversations have encouraged you, head on over to our website at rickmanis.com. There's all kinds of resources there, so check it out. Have a great day.